at a human level, you should create a blob because that's what you do. So what did we talk about last time? We talked We talked about like how how we didn't answer the question as usual because we talked about character not non-personal. Like well, we talked about both, but like we didn't really talk about what a NPC like what was missing I think was for me a NPC is actually a really useless character in the story I don't know a merchant or I don't know a weaponsmith like that kind of like useless shit that has like only one line and I think that would have made a very different conversation than talking about character creation and how you get empathy for actual character in the game uh, but we talked a bit about it when we talked about the Ubisoft game <laughs> yeah. but it's it's interesting because I mean you're you're putting you're putting these NPCs in two different categories which they are de facto I guess but there is no reason why they should be. Right? I don't think the problem of making you... I don't know. They are the same entity. They are the same species. And yet you put them in, diff in such different buckets. Yeah, because like one... I think like when you think about all like the VR anime style, all the NPC, like those characters that like make the stories, like I don't know, like the big boss, like whatever, that are NPC but are actually like characters with a story. But there's also like all these persons that like sell stuff and all these person in, in, I can't remember the anime but in one anime you can actually talk to them and like they have a backstory if you talk to them a bit more I don't know I found that a bit more maybe interesting than just like talking about character like character creation because character creation is really really similar as like books or like cinema and can you think if we applied this like dichotomy to humans between like the, the main characters and the NPCs <laughs> But cl clearly we do though. Like, I mean, when you go to the bakery, like clearly yes. the person that like give you bread, like you don't really care, but like, like you care about Trump. But so they, they are like, they're all the same though. They they all have this potential of death that we were discussing last time. They all have the potential of deaths, but... So maybe just to make you care, you just need to unveil it. But actually, it's kind of weird when you think about the real life, though, because, like, there's way more chance and, like, you'll actually have a relation with your baker, like, the bakery person or, like, the clerk somewhere than actually, like, the person that are important for the story. For what, st for what story? <laughs> or, like, the world story. Like, you will never have a relation with Trump. Like, you know what I mean? But that's not the story, though. Like, the, the story is your story, not the story of the world. How is that not the story? But not no, but like we, you have your story, but you also have the story of the world, no? Yeah, but we, which is the which is the canon and which which is like which is the main storyline? I I mean, we all live in a story that are that is shared by humanity. Yeah, but what 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 is the A plot? It depends on the referential, but like the A plot is obviously the humanity story. Not obviously. In 99.9% .9 of fiction, the A plot is something going in the foreground and the politics are in the background, except in foundation. <laughs> but not really, though, because like, for example, like if you take the textbook, the textbook fantasy genre, they're saving the planet and they're part of the humanity story. I don't know, like, I'm, I feel like, I mean, like, one person died, like, I mean, it depends on the scale we're talking about on the referential, but in the grand scheme of things, like, one life is, like, meh. Yeah. I mean, in the, uh, in the Berkeley scheme of things, one life is everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
in your in, from your point of view your life is the only story that will ever happen so no yeah from my point of view clearly like i'm more important than like but not really so i don't think you can quantify the importance of the story by its impact on, on the real world maybe the most beautiful story is the story of an ant <laughs> i think douglas adams wrote something about that something like uh in the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy wasn't there something like oh there was this i think this girl who was having the most important life in the universe and like she died not knowing it or something like that. But that so that reminds me of something I was thinking about is how MMORPGs of all game genres face this very particular uh, challenge of making everyone feel like the main character yeah. where in fact everyone is a mindless NPC like like your definition of NPC. But uh, I'm not sure because like everyone is a symbol of the hero of the story, so well like in life like not really. And it 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 literally cannot work by scale. You can't all save the world. That's why the MMORPG's plots are so interesting and I was so mad at World of Warcraft back then because peons out of nowhere could just take on the world bosses that the, the, the gods that I've known since childhood. So I've played Bioshock a bit, like three hours. Okay, um, three hours, you held on. I held on, so the first hour I was like, I can't play this game, I'm too afraid. Like I was, every five minutes, I would jump out of my chair, which would be too much to continue the game. I was like, I'm really not sure I can do that. But after, well, I talked to you and you were like, maybe you'll get used to it. So I like reopened it and I played like for two hours. Yeah, because it's uh, it's a kind of game you're not used to, right? Yeah, exactly. I never play FPS. It's a FPS. FPS and it's a horror yeah. FPS, which is like on top of that, it's a bit okay. Uh, so it was kind of, it's really not my style of game, and I think it shows. When you say style of game, you mean the gameplay itself, right? The FPS, yeah, not the, the gameplay the itself, story or the universe. Yeah. Okay. And I think like the universe, I really like. I, I think I could really, really get really deep into the storyline, but the problem is I find the gameplay like way too boring. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to kill everyone and then like save these little people in it. And I'm like, that's why I think like an edited walkthrough is actually better. It's, yeah, it's hard because it's not, it's not extremely plot driven either, right? The, no. the universe is nice, but the plot is like, there is like two or three plot points and that's it. So you can't really make a m movie or an edited work uh, yeah. out of it. I don't like, yeah, I'm not, I think I will watch a commentary of it. And I think that will be the end of my Bioshock. <laughs> I think it's not, it's not very fair to discuss uh, horror FPS is here because we're two haters. Like we're not the target audience. No, clearly not. Clearly at all. Not. Yeah, yeah. So no, I don't know. Like I was just, I thought like it would be interesting to talk about why. Like I don't know. Like I felt weird. Like that. I don't know why I don't like that sort of game. Because I mean, like between an FPS and an RPG, okay, there's a difference, but actually, like not that much. But the main difference between the two genres, in my conceptual understanding of the world, is that in an RPG, no matter the difficulty. If you grind and you apply yourself, you'll level up, gain stats, and win. Whereas in an FPS, if you don't have the skill, you might die forever. <laughs> That's why I put Bioshock on easy. I never do that usually, but I'm like, I don't care about the skills. <laughs> but the thing is then, like, it's so easy. 
that it's not interesting at all. And like in medium, like in the normal mode, I was killed five times at the same place. I was like, I can't do it. I'm just so useless at it. Like I just like I just died five times and I was like, okay, I put it on easy then. So I don't know. Maybe there's maybe you're a victim of uh, the fact that it was still kind of the early age of video games where they were figuring difficulty and they don't have a, a good difficulty gradient. Maybe I don't know. And one uh, one big part of it, I think, is also so the city is underwater. And so there's only so much environment diversity you can do. <laughs> Though I was pleasantly surprised yeah. with like how much they can renew it. But for a 30, 40 hour game, it's like... like it's so dark. Like, you know, as that kind of game that is always at night. I kind of want to see the sun now and see the outside. Well, you're underwater, bro. <laughs> yeah, I no, I understand that. Under, under the ocean is the only place where rapture could have happened. <laughs> the free market can only happen in isolation, apparently. But still, who, who, who the fuck wants that? Like, literally. Well, this guy, there's like both main characters in the city are named after Ayn Rand books. We, um, do we want to talk about Ayn Rand a bit? And like, I don't know, you've read Fontainehead. And, uh... <laughs> Probably no, because I'm gonna scream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm preparing a blog post about Bioshock okay. and Ayn Rand. So uh, you don't want to spoil it? Uh, so I want to finish Fountainhead okay. first, but man, it's hard. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about the universe. Yeah, man, because uh, you you got to see in three hours, you got to see quite a bit of the universe. So what I understood is like there's one guy that were like meh. Let's like base everything on science. I'm a genius, like whatever. Let's go underwater. Let's create a world, like a perfect world based on science. Not really necessarily science, more capitalism, like free market. This is all very inspired by Ayn Rand. And like, I don't think we'll have time to go into <laughs> everything she wrote, but it's, uh, it's basically the plot of uh, Adam Shrugs. Okay where the geniuses of the world just decide to stop caring. Oh. And so this is like the one guy who who says like, fuck all the bureaucracy and whatever. And I'm going to make my own yeah. thing underwater. Okay, okay, I haven't understood that. And, and like live like free market, like 200%. And the story of Bioshock is the story of what happens if you let the free market unregulated. Okay, so I didn't get that. Like I just got that like the guy created this world and like then it got destroyed somehow. I mean, so the... The thing I liked a lot about Bioshock vis-a-vis -vis Ayn Rand is that it's kind of an answer to Ayn Rand's philosophy, right? It's, it takes the the premise of Ayn Rand's at uh, last like shrugged and says like, what would actually happen if we did that? And the answer is, it would devolve into a horror survival of FPS. So, <laughs> I. <laughs> But it's, it's it's also weird, the fascination a little bit that this game has for Ayn Rand because naming all the main figures in in the story after books of Ayn Rand, like it, they really want, it's really not subtle inspiration. Yeah, clearly not. But I think like, even if you don't, it's hard to agree with Ayn Rand, like basically nobody does, even liberals don't agree. Agreeing with anarcho-capitalism is like kind of hard because a lot of people don't agree with capitalism, a lot of people don't agree with anarchism, anarchism? And like when you mix the two, obviously like no one agree. So, so... But especially since uh, Ayn Rand is not just the political, the socio-economic uh, system, she's also a lot about the uh, a vision of humanity <laughs> in itself 
that is more problematic. But I think like the vision of humanity goes like all all economical system goes with the vision of, of humanity and like anarch anarchism like in in like the sense like obviously I have a stronger link with how you feel human would behave without actual rule. So obviously you need to feel a certain way about human being. And Ivan way of seeing human being are not is not the nicest. Like anarcho anarchism like proton anarchism is a bit nicer to like the overall population than like Ivanrand. But <laughs> but basically like all political system think about what a human being would do without rule. Even if it's only to apply words. Yeah. So did you think that Bioshock was anything but a complete uh, destruction of Ayn Rand's vision? But I mean, like, so I didn't play like I didn't play that much. So I don't. I'm not super sure how or why it happened. It's just like, oh, if you put this system, it will crash. It doesn't really explain why. Well, essentially, the whole thing about Bioshock is that there was like drugs like plasmids or Adam that either enhance the body or give you super abilities or were necessary to your survival. And in a free market completely deregulated, this like led to hoarding and things. this led to the situation you see in Bioshock. But you can imagine like if you... If you have a better view of humanity, which like whatever, like we can think about this, you could think that even in a free market, rich people would just like use, have more power in the sense, uh, uh, and like in every sense than like not rich people, but it would also kind of benefit everyone because like everyone could buy the shitty like make fire spell. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the theory and Bioshock's answer is that no. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, but like what I didn't see in the story and maybe like this is just because I didn't play the game enough is like what makes the capitalism that we see in Bioshock like a Ayn capitalism. The Bioshock story can work with only capitalism. With like the capitalism that we know right now, not with Iron capitalism. This episode's sponsor is Philosophy. Do you know things? How do you know that you know things? How do you know that you know that you know things? For no answer and more question, tune in to Philosophy. After uh navigating a bit away from it we've decided to come back to the topics of productivity and the way we use technology uh, in in our daily life let me just check up yeah i think it was episode six where we compared our organizational systems and we saw that we were completely different and we promised to have a big fight about google docs versus google spreadsheet but maybe like we'll see whether it's today or not i don't know yet but one of the outcomes of this episode for me at least uh was this conceptualization of to-do lists as storage system and i am now after this episode, much more aware that I am paying a small cost at writing time to index the idea or whatever the item with extra metadata, with extra annotations to help with retrieval. And so this got me thinking 
a little bit more generally about the way data can be stored in general. And in particular, I thought that the difference between you and me where you're in, in this episode was a lot mirroring the difference between Windows type storage and Mac type storage where, you know, Windows or Linux puts you in front of the file system. Not anymore as much as before, but like you had this architecture of file storage, uh, whereas Mac right away tried to abstract everything away from you and make it more of a retrieval-based system. So I can't help but notice that this type of, uh, uh, let's say, higher abstraction, like retrieval-based system, seems to be more and more dominating, like Windows is imitating Mac and Linux is too. And so I'm bound to ask the big question, is the uh, structured type of storage uh, where, you, where you know the structure, is it designed to die? Uh, or and, and be completely engulfed into abstraction or does it still have a place so many stuff to say <laughs> is it an actu- is it an okay introduction <laughs> I, uh, I i i had notes but like now that you say it that way like i have more stuff to say than i thought <laughs> okay it's exciting sorry i'm super tired the first thing you say is how mac and windows is different and that like mac is trying to abstract more like the file system than windows and that i'm not sure i agree meaning i would agree if you talked about ios like ipad os or whatever but i'm not sure mac os you still have your file system you are you still have your folder on the on the desktop you still enter it you can like create sub 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 folder you can and it's kind of like in your face but like the big difference is mac since like 2010 basically since te- since mac os 10 as universal search that allows you to not care so just like to make sense for people that only have have like Linux, that only have Windows, that only have Mac. The only difference, this exists any, in any system right now, but like at different level. And what Mac does very, very well is to index your file with what's inside the file. So basically you can search. Oh yeah, I don't even know if Windows does that. So you can search like a sentence and like the sentence, it will look inside the file to look for the sentence. So you don't even need to remember the file name. You just need to remember something from the file. And that allows you to completely forget about like what a file, like what the file is, what the file name is, what you need to do with the file where you need to put it and so you you start forgetting about what the file system is to just completely put your trust into the system and because it doesn't fail you often you start like trusting it way too much until like you kind of forget to do anything basically and like there's been autosave for for like a long long time and so you also forget to save which abstract further ways of seeing that like you have a file that you need to like save that you might lose and and so you just trust the system. It's interesting that uh, that you bring up right away the dangers of uh, of over abstractions, <laughs> but I don't know if if we're gonna dig on that. But first, I I absolutely want to ask. So you're saying that in macOS, even though you have the file system, you don't think about it and you you use it in a retrieval kind of way. Yeah, yeah. But like let's let let 
like can you explain to me how you how you do it though then like how do you use file and folders and like whatever well so for me the 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 thing that drives me a bit insane about the let's let's call let, let's establish some terminology yeah. let's call it structural storage versus blob storage where blob storage you put everything and you use the search function or whatever to retrieve it and so this uh this blob storage is what tends to happen on the most recent os's especially in small devices yeah. because you don't want to have to think Think about your file folder, your your uh, file structure, but it really bothers my OCD side where I like everything to be neatly packed because everything is in the same folder. It's just a mess. Yeah, it is. Clearly, <laughs> so but uh, it, it is true that I care a lot less about my files than I used to. I, I used to have my photo album back when I had a photo album <laughs> uh, neatly ordered by like you had the root folder uh, D slash images slash uh, 2019 slash May. Yeah, me too. I had something like that. I had something like that for music as well. There's a thing to be said that we have less and less files, right? Yeah. We we don't really need to care to take care of file storage anymore. And like you can also see how machine learning helped a lot. Meaning, for example, for photos, like you really don't need to organize them because like the machine does it for you and like better than you in a way. Yes. So I don't know, like, for example, like Google photo, like organize my photo, like way better than I could. Yes. And I still, you know, like a bit unsettled about all these items are in the same level of storage. Like I, I would, I would love to know that there is some structure underneath. Even if the algorithm has an inside, like an idea of what it is, I'd like it to be exposed to me. <laughs> But the problem is like you, like the problem is it's not really, meaning it's only tags. I think it, it's really the same thing with SQL and no SQL. It's, it can be in any level. Like because your photo, for yeah. example, is in a folder called... Okay, let, let's explain the difference between SQL and no SQL because I think it's a nice analogy and I think most people don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I'm not the best to explain it. Okay, so these these two things are ways to store databases. And basically the main difference is that in SQL, you have tables. Think of it as uh, Excel spreadsheets or whatever. You have columns and rows and big arrays. Whereas NoSQL is essentially a huge bag of pairs of like key value things. And I, I'm still a bit puzzled about how it, it works. But I guess we have the technology... <laughs> technology capacity to make it work yeah. and i guess maybe if machines are smarter than humans they can index it better than human could but like organize the information more efficiently but it, no like that's like i really don't agree like we organize shit like that in our brain okay what what is it that you're disagreeing with exactly i'm saying that right now the thing about the blob system is how we do it as human being with memories And not like they're not doing it better or like. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But yeah. basically, it's mimicking. So you're saying that the current, uh, the current storage, the current blob storage is uh, very human centric. It's trying to mimic, yeah. It's trying to mimic how we do it ourselves. But it's not. Uh, and what's interesting about it? So to to go back to the actual first question, 
when you were saying, is it designed to die? Uh, what's interesting about it is that on iPadOS, so in the last year, they reintroduced file. So file didn't exist for the last eight years on iOS. Oh. Uh, and it was only like blob, basically. It was like inside an app, you don't really have a file. You have an object that can be like pretty much anything. And you can't retrieve it except like in the app. Like it was a very weird, very abstract way of like thinking about file system. But because they, they are Entering like the work market, they want the iPad to be to be able to be a work computer. They needed to reintroduce a file system, and like I, I think like that's interesting because because there's a limitation as our brain has a limitation of retrieving memory. This limitation also exists for file, and at one point you need a system to classify it that is better than just retrieving by like what you think about because it goes with your limitation of brain. Like sometimes you can't think about one sentence. You're just like I'm sure there's a file somewhere. So the limitation of the blob system is actually the brain. Oh. It's interesting. So there, there's two things that I'm getting out of here of, of it is that first the number of items that you're storing is important. Yeah. Right? It's easier to have an abstract storage on phone because you don't have a lot of files or on Google Docs where you don't have a lot of files compared to work settings where you presumably have more things. But also the what you said about like you forget things and need to remember them. Uh, makes me think about somehow th there is this thing where if you know the content really well you can use the blob storage and retrieve it yeah. but if you with time you lose track of, you lose touch you lose your memory whatever uh, you, you lose information about the content and then you need those rich metadata to help you in the retrieval process okay I feel like it should be both. It should be a blob. As at a human level, you should create a blob because that's what you do. And then, like, the machine should, like, figure it out and create an actual architecture that makes sense that you can see if you want to, but you're not obliged to see. Because we are very good as human beings to know where the information is. So there's this cool study. Oh, the stuff about special memory, etc. And you, you did a thing about it. Yeah, the, the memory, memory palace with of Loki, Sherlock, etc. <laughs> but yeah, I did. Yeah, study. but you did an actual research on it, no? Yeah, it's very impressive how much, uh, how much you can, how much information you can store if you use special memory, special memory, memory of space. This episode is brought to you with the help of ideas. Ideas are everywhere, and they are super convenient. There is no limit to what you can do with them. Odds are, there is even an idea right next to you right now. So don't waste any more time and try idea right now. So the, the reason I think about this a lot is that it's, it's essentially Google's business model, right? If you think about why Google search succeeded or why Gmail succeeded is because instead of having a structured storage like Alavista la la or la whatever Yahoo that had a list yeah they, they had a list of categories or in emails you'd had your list of folders instead you made the retrieval process like just a blank search bar yeah. and that's how you access all of the web or all of the emails and that's why also I'm also a bit puzzled about this 
this question of the number of items that we are talking about because the number of items seems to push you towards structured storage but you have a lot of emails and there's a lot of websites and re full retrieval works a lot yeah but that's a difference between what yeah there's a difference between what you create and what like you access so you don't think that the reason why gmail was so successful is because the blob storage is somehow more fitted to the human brain and experience um I think it's closer to how a human brain wants to access information through keywords rather than structure. No, for sure it is. But I, I think it also came as a response of the number of mails we receive. Meaning when you receive five mails a day, who cares on how to retrieve it? Basically, you receive it and like you treat them and it's done. And like the problem with why we needed a better, more blob-like uh, system is just because you receive now like 100 mails a day. Scale. And okay. so you need a system to retrieve them more organically. It's funny. So scale is scale is the thing that makes structure the most useful, but also the most hard, probably because of the cost of maintenance. Right? If you have to pay a small fee to index to to annotate or index whatever, it doesn't scale. Wait, <laughs> doesn't what? Like Gmail does that? No, it index somehow like all your emails. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's not you paying it. It's Gmail does yeah. doing it. So oh, the, 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 yeah. Yeah, the reason why so the the main drawback of structured storage is that you yourself pay the cost of maintenance essentially. Yeah, I agree. You are very you are very excited about bitching about that <laughs> when we briefed about the talking points. <laughs> no, but like I, I no, but like the the thing is the thing is I don't like the costs of because like it's different cause at different time meaning like it's boggling my mind how people do it because so when you create i don't know when you write something yeah so, so i write a lot on my computer and usually what i do is i, I open I, at one point it was like home writer now it's calm writer like the kind of uh, app what of software that is just like a blank page and you can write and i write something and i don't know like maybe it will be for a book maybe it will be for like a poem maybe it will be for a project for whatever like but like at the point where i'm opening the file i'm not sure what i'm gonna do you don't know yet okay and like not yet so and when i finish it I'm done. Like, I don't want to think about what I'm going to do, what what I'll do later with it, and like, blah, blah, blah. So the problem is like, it's never a good time for me to put it somewhere. So then you can say, as you do with your to-do list when we talked about it on the, on the episode six, is like, you do the blob bits during the week and then one day during the week you're like okay now it's time to categorize everything you have a triage phase what about at the moment where you save are you really like so done that you can't even take a few seconds so that that's like i want to make a sex metaphor but i'm not sure it's like the but basically it's a bit like that like when you had sex after that you're done like you don't okay. want sex anymore And like you're, you know, I <laughs> guess, uh, yeah, I, I see, I see what you, what you mean. Okay, okay, but to to make it a bit more generic, it seems like a lot of people appreciate the blob storage and don't don't like to pay indexing costs. Don't like it seems like you're not the only one who's effort effort adverse in this kind of condition. Because I think like human being like tends to use the less cognitive load that you can. And because you have no reason to do it, people don't do it. Well, you could have reason to do it if you were thinking about the retrieval costs and if it affected your retrieval costs. But do but it doesn't. Well, that's where I'm going to bring your Google Keep into the question. 
<laughs> it might <laughs> because your cost of retrieving information from Google Keep is infinite right now. <laughs> No, it's it's zero. No, it's infinite. You cannot retrieve the information. Yeah, so it's zero. No, it's infinite. <laughs> it depends how you look at it. It can be zero. <laughs> okay, it can be zero if you want. <laughs> the thing is that you're paying the indexing cost, but your index is just like so... Meaningless. <laughs> it's tied to nothing except your own f- flow and habits, I guess. Well, it's used like it's working. I mean, if it works for you, that's fine. But uh, it's a, it's a semi-structured storage where you annotate with metadata your your blob. No, but I think like where it's really not working is for stuff that like I actually need. To do for example like when i'm looking for a book to read i never go in my list of like to read book even if i like tag them as to read book so i have lots of books that i didn't tag to read books but like there's also a lot of books that i did tag yeah. and i never go there so i think it's more a habit problem yeah so that's that's why yeah that's what we were saying a little bit uh before the show you kind of need to know the structure beforehand if you want to give it a structure you need to make it a thing a habit you need to take some time and invest in building your structure essentially and maybe it does take a bit of effort at first to always use the same tag and you're gonna want to store something but you need to remember the exact tag i don't know so i i, I guess it does it is costly to it does take some discipline to have like some kind of system or metadata annotation it doesn't even need to be folder maybe it's just using the same tags always on google keep to to find your stuff when you and so that when you want to read you know that this tag exists but you need to create that meta structure and to familiarize yourself with it i guess yeah, the things that worked well and like that i did well and like i always like use it now is like my search in the, like i already talked about that like 10 times in this podcast my search in the brain tag it's always cut in the edits i think but whatever <laughs> so basically like when i feel like when i watch something good when i read something good like i have this weird like surge in my brain and i'm always like taking a note and taking like how strong it was and like whatever like always the same system always the same tag and that i have i have the list for like the last four years do you think can you think of reasons why on this tag you didn't bail and on others you didn't mm, interesting i think i think like the thing about like this one tag it was not never been about retrieval it's been about storage and like i'm, I'm and maybe because you f- you never forgot that it was here it's so specific that yeah you exactly always it's like just knew. a thing like a project that i have for a while and i was like i'm gonna do it for 10 years and then i have a very nice data set of like stuff that make me enjoy life and i can do some stats on it i guess uh and like that that was the point i think yeah see so so you had some awareness of the data structure of the metadata structure yeah and like the thing also is like i took the time to create it as a start i was like okay this will be like the name will be like the place then inside there will be like the context what actually make me like uh have this weird feeling in the brain and then like the number of like times the brain like the surge did like popped and then like the force of the surge and it's always the same. and that like i actually thought about it for like 
I don't know, nothing, like 15 minutes. I was like, okay, that's like the four data that I want. But like I took the time to actually make a structure, which I didn't for everything else. Yes. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's just about that. Like just like taking the time to create the structure. It is costly. It, it is a relatively big initial cost. And then there is a cost of maintenance because you're, you need to keep it in mind. And maybe it's hard at the beginning to get into the system. I think also like no one forced you to do it. Like the software should force you. Oh, and then we come back to what you were saying at the beginning. Windows Universal Search doesn't work, so it forces you to <laughs> to, to to store your no, files. And also, also on Windows, you tend when I had a Windows, I tended to turn it off quite often. And to turn off, you actually need to save your file, put it somewhere, like say, okay, I will need to retrieve it later. But because on Mac you don't do that, because you don't turn off your computer, you don't need that. Like you, it's like a continuity of a workflow, and there's no end to it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, I used to have a lot of Chrome tabs, like everyone, and the reliability of Chrome crashing all the time made me really forced me to organize my shit <laughs> and stop relying on that. <laughs> But instead of trying to find a band-aid for the problem, I was like, oh, let's fix the root cause. Wow. Maybe you're stronger than me, and I uh, I don't I didn't want to rely on the memory of Chrome tabs that I don't really trust. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. It's more of paranoia, I guess. But you, yeah, I guess you the long term vision can help you pay the costs that you need to put the system in place. And actually, actually, so SPSS crash once every day approximately and I'm super careful with saving it and saving it well I'm way more like for all my for my excel file for like all of this shit I'm not but for SPSS super careful because it's always crashing so one one great way where the software can help you manage your storage is by being unreliable <laughs> <laughs> But it's true, I guess the, the more reliable the software, the less you have to keep in mind. What you do is it? Something like that. There's the, the uh, how do you say, it? like there is an arrow of attention that shifts from you to the software. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. We should probably try to conclude. It's been a while and I think it's an okay thing, uh, <laughs> a nice thing to conclude on. Like we, we were talking about the cost of the structured system. So I guess the main reason why blob storage has been so successful with Gmail and iPad and everything is that it's really easy on the brain, right? It's really low effort, but structured storage has some advantages. And it doesn't need to be a structured file system. It can just be metadata annotations like I do for my to-do lists or whatever, like any kind of structure, except that you need some kind of meta system and it might be costly to set in place. And that's all. I think it's fine. I think we don't like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go much deeper than that for a conclusion. So we are we are all in agreement that I have the perfect system. We are all in agreement that your system allows you to actually use it to, to, and to my read books. <laughs> <laughs> and my system allows me to use less cognitive resources in my daily life, but doesn't help me in any other way. Yeah, but you know, it's like a gym. If you do it every day, it becomes less painful. <laughs> That is true. That is true. 
No, I feel like what, what everyone should do is a mix of... Well, I think the best system would be a mix of the two. I mean, you could have a blob store, uh, a bit of equivalent blob storage with like tags for anime you want to watch and books you want to yeah, read. Yeah, but I, I think what's missing on like on notes and on all of these other software is actually like all of these systems are kind of agnostic about like the systems that the person want to use and like the tags that they want to use and maybe a good system would be, listen, like what's important? Like books that you want to read, series that you want to watch, whatever, like stuff that you want to do, like, six stuff and like that should be buried in the platform and you don't need to do anything. Like the structure is there. Oh, a system that you create a structure on, like you have like two hours to create the structure and then it deals with it. Yeah, because it's a bit hard to put the hashtag books to read at the same level of hashtag things I always forget <laughs> and you, you don't retrieve them in the same way at all. <laughs> One thing that we forgot to say is that uh, please, people, uh, if you find this podcast entertaining, which you might, or if you have a lot of things to say about it, because we butchered a lot of things, which is more likely, uh, feel free to leave a review, a good review. <laughs> or a bad one. Or a bad one, but with the five star ratings, no? The star rating is important. I've, at, at that point, I don't care. I just want some someone to say hey guys i'm listening <laughs> yeah so either on wherever you listen to the podcast but we're listening to your posts on reddit on twitter on gmail on youtube and it's always not daily podcast in without spaces everywhere which is the worst for seo but that's what it is we like challenges and we'll see you next time <laughs> bye bye